to hello everyone a warm welcome to this evening talk brought to you by the spiritist society of bournemouth and Poo christian spiritualist church i am fabrizio Sunson from the spiritist society of bournemouth i do apologize for the late the delay we had some technical issues but what's more important that we all hear a special welcome tonight to our guest speaker christina Saras Christina is an expert in neuroscience. She graduated from King's College London with a degree in neuroscience and is a transformational coach from Animas Center for Coaching. She's also a somatic coach for the somatic school. Christina is the author of a project that is part of the Multiple Sclerosis Society Millennium Award Scheme. Is this work she speaks at schools about multiple sclerosis and the importance of helping people? The subject of Christina's talk tonight is fear, love, meditation, and the immune system. We look forward very much to your talk tonight, Christina. Thank you. First, let's go to Lawrence Saville at the Pool Christian Spiritualist Church for our opening prayer. Over to you, Lawrence. Thank you, Fabricio, and good evening, Christina. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Lawrence. So if we could all just still our minds just for this short time, just leave all those things that beset us, all those worries, all those frustrations, all those cares, concerns, they can be set aside just for this short time, for this is our time. And we ask, divine and gracious spirit, we join together once more under this banner of education, this banner of learning and growing, learning how to walk this path, to be a part of this world, to live up to our full potentials, to be of assistance, to be of service, and to be at peace. We ask a blessing on our speaker tonight. And we also ask a blessing on all those dear ones watching, whether it be tonight or in the future. We pray earnestly that you glean information, upliftment, comfort, but most of all, understanding. For when we understand our life's past, fear is removed and replaced by a strength and a knowing that all is well. Amen. Thank you, Lawrence. It's now my great pleasure to hand it over to Christina for her talk on fear, love, meditation, and the immune system. Over to you, Christina. Thank you, Fabrizio, and thank you, Lawrence. Um, beautiful um, initial prayer, Lawrence, about um, knowledge, I think knowledge helps us to um, to tame our fear uh, whenever possible to reduce our fear. So beautiful, thank you. Okay, so um, the idea today is to talk a little bit about fear, love, meditation, and the immune system. I'm touching on um, all those three things. They are somehow interconnected, and we're not going to go deep into the science, but we're going to, you know, talk a little bit about each one. 
let's see. Um, we can go, that's okay. This is so press just highlight on the immune system. No is supposed to defend us from external uh, ailments from, from bacteria, viruses, other uh, um, things that happen. And sometimes we have autoimmune conditions as well. But I'm not going to go into detail about what strengthens the immune system because the focus today is uh, when we talk about fear, love and meditation, I'm talking about our thoughts. But I still wanted to highlight just very briefly, of course, diet is important in the, to strengthen the immune, the immune system. The microbiome, so the, the gut bacteria related to the diet. We have um, very good nutritionists who can talk a lot to you about the microbiome. Um, nice, of course. Relationship with others, relationship with others. It actually does help when we we have a good relationship with somebody else it kind of strengthens our immune system as when i start to talk about fear fear is a stress response and if our relationship with others is somehow toxic um not a very um peaceful relationship we all have problems but there are relationships that are more toxic than others that can have an effect on our immune system as well because it's causing a stress response which i'll talk a little bit about it in a second so um and i could not talk about the immune system without just highlighting the importance of vitamin d3 because vitamin d3 is a hormone that strengthens the immune system it's the so-called sun vitamin but we know that it's actually not a vitamin it's it is actually a hormone that regulates the immune system. So it's extremely important for us at this day and age that most of us are indoors or working from home or at an office um, to, to have some, some vitamin D3. Actually, even in the sun, uh, because we do not stay at the right time and for too long in the sun so consider having a look at that if you're not already on vitamin d3 consider having a look uh, so yes the focus today is our thoughts what our thoughts can do to our immune system how it can help or how it can um, have a negative influence um, I'm going to mention this a bit later, uh, Maratona da Imunidade. This is in Portuguese. I'm going to come back to that later at the end. So, um, now, before we, we start, I want to, since we are going, not before we start, we already started, <laughs> sorry. Um, when we're talking about our thoughts, I want to do an exercise with you. I want to. This is you, me, all of us. And behind sitting at a, a, a screen uh, at the cinema, and behind this screen, 
is a cinema screen and behind, sorry, behind the curtains is a cinema screen and in that cinema screen is your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your behaviors. So I would like everyone, I, I, um, I invite everyone to, to take one minute, I'm going to mark it here, one minute, to think, to not, to not think too much, to the first word that comes to your mind related to thoughts, emotions, or behavior, think about it and write it down, and we'll come back to it later. Just think about it and write it down. Um, one minute. Okay, so remember your thoughts and we're going to come back to it a bit later, okay? Yes, so behind, behind the screen are your thoughts. So I hope, you know, inside your mind we have all sorts of thoughts. It doesn't matter if it's a negative or a positive thought. I just wanted you to have the opportunity to, to write um, down one thought, behavior or action behavior or um, feeling, sorry, thought, feeling or behavior that comes to mind. And here we go. So, oh yes, of course, if you're facing trauma, consequences of trauma, uh, please look for professional advice because um, going behind the curtains, looking sometimes to our thoughts can be a bit too much like a little bit of shadow work. So um, <laughs> jump into it if you feel comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable, of course, um, do not do this. Okay. So fear and the immune system. So fear is, um, is an emotional stress. And we when we have and we have different kinds of stress. We have chemical stress, the body suffers different kinds of stress. Chemical stress, physical stress, if you have an accident and things like that. But the fear is considered emotional stress. And when we have fear, since it's, a, since it's stress, we are gonna have a stress response. And when, um, when we have a stress response, um, what happens with our bodies? With our bodies will, will alter. Uh, we're gonna get to that in a second. And our brains, our brains, um, they they see a th uh, fear and or a threat. Um, our brains are preparing for survival. That's I'm gonna come to that. Why it's so important to to be mindful of fear and of our thoughts. So anything that can causes us angry or upset or feel afraid uh, can trigger this, uh, can trigger a stress response. And it can be anything, anything can cause a stress response, including fear. So for example, um, it, it can be an angry boss, family fights, illness, accidents, as I mentioned, it's a type of stress. And the importance of, of all this is that our brains cannot tell the difference between real threats and stress. And um, 
that does make um, a huge difference once in, in our in our lives because if you had a stress but it keeps if the stress response keeps happening then this is happens and then we're talk, we're going to talk about that in a second it's very important to know that the, our brains cannot tell the difference between real threats and stress talking about the fear and stress response. So we've got adrenaline, cortisol, all those hormones running through the body when we've got um, an emotional stress like fear or other, other uh, triggers, other things causing other threats or triggers causing a stress response. I'm highlighting fear here, but as I mentioned, other ones. Uh, and of course, it's because the, the, the message in the body is get ready for action. So get ready for action. The heart rate, the heart rate increases, uh, digestion is slowed, and the blood, the blood is directed to the muscles. And pick up, why? Don't need, you don't need blood in the gut to, to digest anything. If you're running from a tiger, you need blood in your muscles, in your legs. In your arms to run. Okay. What's going to happen? Eyesight is narrowed. You're focused on the on the danger, and you not you do not see ahead. Why that is important is because with that, in the long the long term, I'm going to have another slide that's going to clarify that a little bit later. But with with fear. With long-term stress response, stress response over the years, um, that happens a lot when we have trauma, especially childhood trauma and other trauma. The stress response keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, and that will weaken the immune system. And what happens at the same time that you have cortisol and adrenaline? There is no time for growth. For the growth hormones, and we're not talking about growth hormones. We're not talking about growing up like you know children. I'm, I'm talking about we need growth hormones for cicatrization if you have you know for healing. So stress hormones, too much stress hormones, no time for growth hormones, and most important, not most important, but also very important is the prefrontal cortex is is where we, we do some reasoning and thinking and if you're running from a tiger you don't have time to uh, to reason and that's so important if we are afraid under whatever circumstances happening in our lives our power of reasoning thinking logical conclusion logical logical thinking um, reduces and that is very important guys because it's it's a moment that it's more difficult to make decisions and understand what's going on around us so fear has so many negative effects so um, as we know a reaction to a stress response uh, I'm not going to go into it but you've got you've got a trigger and then uh, a threat 
If you fear, you get stressed. If you get stress, you're going to have a reaction to the stress response. And the reaction to the stress response is the, what we know, the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Fawn is one that we hear less. But fawn is, is when people, you have the people pleaser, can say no and are easily exploited. I just highlighted that there is, a, because we talk less about it. And it, it's, still, uh, it's still very important. And people we can have, people that are going through, the, you know, this stress response re reaction to, to, to stress, and either for something that just happened or for, for um, ongoing stress, we can go through all of those at the same time. One doesn't exclude the other, or you know, sometimes you're in one stage, sometimes you're in another. And I just, um, um, I just recommend one book. There are many good books, but if people are interested in, in this, is uh, Pete Walker Complex. He talks about complex PTSD from surviving through thriving. He talks um, a lot about the form as well. Okay. So, next. Uh, yes. So, I wanted to, to, to make it now more visual. We're going to go through what I just said, but in a visual way with some, some pictures to see, to clarify. Okay. So, if you have a threat, um, a threat, a trigger, in this case, we're talking about fear, which is an emotional stress. Let's see what happens is what we talked about. But why did I want to put the little lion here as well? That sorry, the, the cat, you know, that famous uh, uh, picture that you see a cat, and when the cat looks in the mirror, the cat sees a lion. Lots of things are about perception as well. And remember that our brain cannot tell the difference between a real threat uh, at the back. The brain cannot tell a real situation, a real threat. And sometimes a stress, especially, again, that happens if we've got complex PTSD and other things, that something happened in the past and you carry on with that stress response. So anything can take you back. You got that trigger over and over again. You can have that trigger and that response or the trigger that response over and over again. Um, so it's about, it's certain things are about perception, the way we perceive threats. There are threats that are real. I'm not saying that they are not. There are threats that are real, of course, and that, and that, that and others that, um, it's important to, to tame down the fear a bit and evaluate everything that's going on around us. So, um, fear, courtesy of my daughters, those arrows, so thank you. <laughs> um, so, what happens as those, um, those responses that I just mentioned now, um, You've got a threat, you've, you've got a threat, you've got a trigger, you've got something triggering the emotional response, uh, emotional stress of fear, you've got someone afraid, you've got someone running, and you've got all that stress happening. 
And when that happens, what happens in the body? What happens in the body is that we've got a release of stress hormones, including cortisol and adrenaline. And to start with, um, stress response is a good thing because cortisol and adrenaline is, is of course what keeps you running, what, what keeps you going. If you have, if you if you do have a threat, you need to run. So you need you, cortisol and adrenaline to give you the, the strength, the give you you blood running where it should go. It goes where you should go for you to run or hide or whatever it's necessary for you to protect yourself for all of us to protect ourselves. So we've got um, all the responses that I just mentioned, fight, uh, fight, fly, freeze or fawn. But what happens over time with too much cortisol and adrenaline is that we're gonna have to start, we have an inflammation, the body will, you know, will produce an inflammation reaction. Sorry, before we, we go there, the, the, the Cortisol, um, it's also connected with happy, excited. You've got a roller coaster uh, of emotions. When we watch a movie, uh, I don't like terror movies at all, but people like, you know, be on the edge or sports, um, like bungee jumping or things like that. You're on the edge. And that you have cortisol running through your veins, you have cortisol running, you know, through the body. So, so that is okay for a little bit. And uh, I just tell a little story about, about my my grandmother's dog, this, you know, the, the, the Basset dog, the sausage dog. Um, this was many years ago, but it, it, was, a, it was a sweet dog that would bark, bark, and bark when the when the doorbell rang, um, like he was a lion, like he was a lion. He would just bark, bark, and bark. But when my grandmother would go to open the door, he would run behind my grandmother's leg, legs, and he would go back to being a little dog because he would bark, bark, and bark, but he would always hide behind my grandmother. And one day, um, he would not stop barking. He wouldn't would stop barking. So people at my grandmother's house, my grandmother decided to have a look. There was a little snake. So that's why he couldn't stop barking. He saw the snake, he saw the danger, he saw the threat. And in animals, when animals have a fear response to a threat, animals will do whatever they have to do. Fight, fight, you have that, that response. But then after some time, the animal shakes it off and goes back to being an animal, to doing whatever it was doing. Us human beings, we do not do, not do that. We carry our stress response in our bodies. Our, I'm gonna show you a slide later. It stays in our thoughts and our bodies carries it, carry it as well. And by carrying it, once again, uh, we don't have time for reasoning, too much fear, see the prefrontal cortex, and um, that interferes with our growth hormone, which helps in healing.
And then, so if you don't have growth hormone for healing, if we cannot think what's happening in the long term, we get sick, we ended up getting sick. I don't know, but perhaps your grandmother, somebody told you before, um, to not worry about this or otherwise you're going to get sick. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Good. Too much worry and we end up getting sick. Um, and this is so important, this that idea of fear, the fear response. It's so important because except cortisol uh, in the long term, you know, over months or so on, it becomes less efficient. You're not going to feel the excitement and things like that anymore. And it starts weakening the immune system, as I mentioned here already, the growth hormone and everything. And just to say how how strong cortisol is, that it is used when someone has a transplant. It's used in transplants to um, to tame down the immune system, so the, the immune system will not reject a new organ. So guys, it's so important that the fear over the months, the last few months and so on, this fear, 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 our immune systems are just weakening and weakening and weakening. Once again, <laughs> weaken so much, cortisol weakens our immune system. So fear, fear, cortisol, weakens our immune system so much that it's used uh, transplants to avoid uh, rejection. Okay, so um, so no matter what it is, um, what trigger it is, we, we can skip that because I already mentioned that. Oh, that. Hmm. problem here guys okay doesn't matter um, having a problem here so we're going to go back to this it's a little bit out of, of place uh, but hopefully you can understand um, so what happens in the long term once again uh, cortisol weakens the immune system it's the hormones of stress and in the long term, now we're going to talk about epigenetics. So in the long term, with the immune system being uh, weakened, with the immune system not too strong, what happens is something called epigenetics. This, this gentleman here is Dr. Bruce Lipton. He's a, he's a great scientist, very, very nice man, who, who did a lot of work uh, on epigenetics. And epigenetics, the idea of epigenetics is that um, our genes, they do not just work on their own. People say, oh, I have, I have a gene, my family has a gene for cancer, so I'm going to have cancer. It doesn't work like that, actually. Um, majority of our diseases are actually created. That is what epigenetics and the science tell us, and we're going to get to, to that a little bit later. But basically, um, so Bruce Lipton, as I mentioned, did lots of work on epigenetics. So with fear, what fear does, it down-regulates genes. 
down-regulate down solid means it will, if you think this is the DNA and the genes are inside the DNA, and this is like a light switch, what fear, excessive fear will do long-term fear in, in, over, over the months. It's like pressing a light switch. It's, it's called the down-regulating. So it's down-regulating genes that will cause disease. So all the genes that we have in our body, they need to be upregulated or downregulated. They, if they are downregulated, they will cause disease. If something is upregulated, healing occurs. Since we are still talking about fear, um, I wanted to mention this case because Lipton mentions Angelina Jolie. You know the actress Angelina Jolie. She has a history of breast cancer in her family, and because of that, she removed her her breasts uh, because of the gene that her family has. And Bruce Lipton said yes, she would probably have breast cancer because of her thoughts, the way she behaved, the way she thought. Because our thoughts are very, very powerful. Our thoughts are energy, like we know in um, the spiritist community and other communities. Everything is energy, including our thoughts. So our thoughts, they do affect our bodies, our immune systems. And if the per even if the person had the right conditions, as I mentioned at, right at the beginning, which is the diet, which is the exercise, even with all the right conditions, if the fear is too big, the stress response will be there. And that can down-regulate genes here. I think it's too small for you guys to see, to read. But it, it will down-regulate gene, genes. And in the, the long run, you have a disease. So in case, the case of Angelina Jolie, um, Bruce Lipton mentions she probably did the right thing because of the way she thought, not necessarily because of the gene, but of the way she thought she was downregulating the gene that would cause disease. So his words. Um, so if, if we are thinking about the worst all the time, we are, of course, down-regulating genes. Once again, we are down-regulating genes that will cause disease. Sorry, there are things in Portuguese and in English here. But the important thing as well, another thing to pay attention to in psychology, we've got emotional contagion. So it's a little bit about this. If someone has it, someone in my family, someone has it, it's a bit like, I've got to have it um, as well. So in society, this is emotional contagion. This is quite dangerous, actually, because it's little. I'm, I'm, without going too much into a definition, it's a little bit like it's, it's having sympathy. I was at a, um, a talk at a fraternity spiritist society um, months ago. I think well, 2019, long time ago now. I don't remember his name, but the speaker, he, he did mention um, 
something about, he, he was quite funny, actually, but I couldn't do <laughs> the way that he was doing, but he said, there is almost like a competition, like, oh, so I have, I have this disease, and then somebody else said, but you know what happened with me? What happened with me was even worse. And then somebody else will come and say, no, 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 no. But with me, it was even worse. And so, so there's this speaker that he was telling this story. He was telling this. And, and there is that idea of, of camaraderie in a way. Somebody has something. I feel sympathy. It's important to, to separate um, that. As you all know, we cannot help people if you're also sick. So it's important to have your boundaries. And if someone around you is unwell, you do not have to be unwell as well. And there is a chance of, help, of helping someone if we help ourselves first. Yeah. So that again. Um, the only thing that's going to come up here is that the 30,000 genes, which I did not mention uh, before, is that when we, we um, this epigenetic um, trigger, this epigenetic science, it will say like we have 30,000 possibilities for, for the same gene. So the way we think, the way we feel, what we eat, the environment, we can have 30,000 uh, copies of the same gene. Sorry, not 30,000 copies, but 30,000 variations of the same gene. So the, the chances that you have chances of getting ill, but you also have the chances of not getting ill. You have the chances of down-regulating a gene and getting ill, or you have the chance of up-regulating a gene. You have 30,000 options with the same gene. So that's a lot of options. So what we've just talked about is that genetics, um, how we can down-regulate or up-regulate up, like, uh, up, like, up, like, up genes to cause diseases. And uh, since I'm concentrating on thoughts, as I mentioned, our thoughts have a and thoughts or energy, our thoughts have a big role in upregulating or downregulating genes in causing diseases, downregulating genes causing diseases, upregulating genes to not causing diseases. So, yeah, so I, I pose the question if we can create disease with our thoughts alone, can we heal ourselves? Yes, we can, of course. Um, we know about miracles, uh, epigenetics explains miracles. Um, and if we think about quantum physics, if we think everything being energy, as we know, spiritist um, doctrine and other doctrines, uh, with everything being energy, we can, of course, um, influence epigenetics with our thoughts, thoughts or energy genetics down 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 is energy as well yeah so oh a 
forgot. So genetics, yes, it's a mechanism that allows the genes to be modified and make 30,000 variations of a single gene. I mentioned that and I forgot I had this, this slide. And emotional contagion, I mentioned that as well. So um, now we go into love. Um, we already spoke about fear now and how it can downregulate genes and cause disease. Love and the immune system. The same scientist, Bruce Lipson, that um, talks about epigenetics, has great work with epigenetics. He does say something that I, I, I like to read, I like to quote. Um, Love opens you to the world. I cannot pronounce that, but you can <laughs> see what I mean. Which allows you to bring in the joy, the energy, and the happiness. Fear closes you down. Love enhances energy. Fear shuts the energy down. Which is what we already mentioned. What fear does for the immune system. And love will have the opposite effect. And the idea why I chose love, I'm going to come back to that towards the end and towards the meditation. The importance of love for um, the current situation and, um, and according to the spiritist doctrine, we're, spiritist doctrine, we're going through the uh, planetary transition. And there are other other um, doctrines, other schools of thought, also talking about changes. And love is sort of the, the magic answer to, to many things. So um, love, feeling loved, feeling love. I'm not necessarily talking about falling love. Um, I'm not talking about romantic love. I'm talking about all kinds of love. And okay, there are studies, sorry, um, just look at the two last arrows here that falling in love. There are studies about falling in love and how we can um, upregulate genes that will help in the immune system function better and downregulate genes that would cause disease. But the two first arrows here that I wanted to highlight is that the importance of love for us as a society, as families, as human beings, as everyone, that everyone, when we feel loved and cared for and secure, that boosts our immune system. Once again, what happens when we go through trauma, we do not feel safe, we do not feel secure. And, and that and the fear, we're not feeling safe, you're not feeling secure, and that long-term downregulate genes causes diseases. And, uh, and of course, people with a loving support system tend to respond better, to recover quick, quicker after certain um, certain effect, certain procedures, uh, this, uh, whatever it is that is happening in life. Um, surgery or, or or a cold flu whatever happened to someone okay so next but at the same time once again we've got 
fear we've got love, but we have to remember the power of belief and suggestion. Then we are going back to, to energy. Everybody knows about the placebo effect that if you're given, let's say, if you're given a sugar pill, uh, you have two, two groups. One is given a sugar pill and one is given a medication. And people will sometimes, most quite a big percentage, will still react positively to the sugar pill because their belief, the power of belief and suggestion, their thoughts, our thoughts, made the person believe that the person would get better. The person didn't know if it was a sugar pill or, or not. And the person can still get better. It, it's so powerful, the power of belief and suggestion that the body would produce, the body can produce our own internal pharmacy. This is very important, guys. It's very important because of, of medication, of lots of things. Remembering everything is energy. So yes, the placebo effect works. Our thoughts, our beliefs. But something that is not talked so much is the nocebo effect. But it's it's there as well. It's not talked so much in the media or whatever. But it's the other way around. If a person is given a sugar pill, but the person is told that that pill has terrible side effects, it's, it's the person is told that it's a medication and that medication has terrible side effects, the person will start to have those side effects. The power of, again, the power of belief and suggestion. It's so strong. The importance and the, the responsibility of media and, um, and propaganda power of belief and suggestion. We can get sick by thought alone. Oh, sorry, coming back to the nocebo effect, yes. Um, it's so strong as well that it can have an impact on the recovery of surgeries or procedures. If a doctor tells, oh, this is so difficult, this is such a difficult uh, procedure and so on, the person could have um, and a, a negative uh, reaction that you know it, it, it will impact the recovery of surgery or procedures. Um, there, there is something. Um, it's interesting. I'm just gonna mention it. It's the power of belief. I'm gonna mention it which I find it interesting, it doesn't necessarily fit into here, but it's interesting. And MPD is multiple personality disorder, and there's a documentary with Dr. David Hamilton, it's a documentary called Heal, who can watch it, it's very interesting. Um, and uh, this documentary, doc, Dr. David Hamilton, he talks about, he mentions how, how somebody with multiple personality disorder would change in one, one um, one personality, a person would have, let's say, uh, hives or allergy to orange juice. I think what he said was allergy to orange juice. In that personality. Uh, then when the person switched personalities, the other personality did not have allergy to the orange juice. The person did not have the reaction, the allergic reactions. So something interesting is going on there. Um, the power of belief, it's, it's just an interesting point here that I mentioned. That, oh, this is just an inside joke. I turn on, I turn off. It's the gene. 
um, in therapy. Guys, give me a break. <laughs> Regulate your thoughts because I'm turning on, I'm turning off. Disease, downregulating, upregulating, downregulating, upregulating. Um, just silly joke. Okay. Oh, yes. So our thoughts. Remember when I asked you to think about something and put under and put um, behind the curtain your mind and think about one thought. One thought, feeling, uh, I don't think I mentioned emotion, but feelings, emotions, or um, action. The interesting thing is that our thoughts is that we have like 67,000 thoughts a day. So our brains are like, our minds like roller coaster. But the interesting thing is that 90% of those thoughts are the same. So here we are thinking, thinking, thinking. But what we are doing is we're carrying our thoughts. We're carrying an emotional baggage. We're carrying uh, a baggage of thoughts with us. We carry it so much and we carry it here on our subconscious mind. The iceberg, we can see the tip of the iceberg, the conscious mind is what we can see, is what everybody else can see. But under our subconscious mind is where we have our behaviors and emotional reactions. It's like a computer program, it's things that have been memorized are here. It's like driving a car, but not only driving is here, but it's like driving a car. Once you, you memorize it, once it's there, it goes to the subconscious mind. When you're driving, you do not think mirror signal maneuver, Mi mirror signal maneuver, mirror signal maneuver. You don't think, you do it, you do it automatically. And you experience drivers, you drive talking to somebody else, and you still get home without knowing how you got home. You just it. It's a, something that became automatic. And so by 35 years old, behaviors like driving and other behaviors have been have been memorized, have been uh, became automatic, and they are here in our subconscious mind. So when we're talking about our thoughts and how they 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 influence our immune system, if we have the same thoughts, 90% of our thoughts are the same day in and day out. We are carrying our thoughts with us, of course, wherever we go. And our thoughts are here and they're the same. The chances for us to break free, it's almost, it's, like another scientist, Joe Dispenza, his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Sometimes we, we need an internal change. Break the habit of being ourselves. Pay attention to our thoughts and change our thoughts so we can change our health, so we can change our immune system. Okay, let's go there. And why? Because here when we're thinking our thoughts, are the language of the brain. It's how the brain operates, the mind, but our emotions are the language of the body. And we are in this constant loop as 
mentioned here, 90% of our thoughts are the same as yesterday. So we are in this loop. We've got emotion in our bodies. We feel afraid. We feel happy. We feel love. And then we think about the same things. Could be the same thing, the same thoughts. And we are in this loop, day in and day out. Fear, body, mind, mind, body, body, mind, mind, body. There are ways of going to the subconscious mind. I did put here semantic coaching. There are so many others that we do exercise to release the baggage that we are carrying in our subconscious mind. Once again, these things, um, traumatic events are quite here. They are stored here in the subconscious mind and in our bodies. So when we're talking about reprogramming our minds, we, we can be mind, we should be mindful of everyone's experience because everyone will of course have had a different life. Call it whatever um, you will. We, it, karma or people who do not believe in karma here, we do. People who believe in karma or not, something happened and it's stored here. So for us to break this cycle and strengthen our immune systems, there are ways of doing that, of ways of releasing that. There are, um, there are good books as well. There's um, Bessel van der Kolk. I did not write it here, but Bessel van der Kolk is, is a psychiatrist, has, uh, uh, what is it? The name of the book, Bessel van der Kolk. The body, the body, no, the body bears the burden is another one. It's Robert Scar, um, the book before, but more recent is Bessel van der Kolk. Check him out if if um, if you're interested. He talks about ways of dealing with trauma and releasing um, the the emotional baggage we carry in our bodies and the trauma we carry in our bodies. And why am I talking about all this? Um, because when we talk about our thoughts, the way people say, oh, yes, we need to, to you need to change your thoughts to, to get better. You need to change your thoughts. Do not think about this. But come on, guys. We have been thinking the same thoughts over and over again. By the time we are 35 years old, it's there. It's a program. It's like a computer program. So it's not just like, you go to sleep and you wake up with a new thought, a new behavior, not usually, unless sometimes you have, have a traumatic experience and things can change very fast. Um, but usually, no, they don't change very fast. Once again, sorry, I keep going back. Once again, it's stored here in the subconscious mind. So one way of helping us is strengthen our immune system, is systems, because Remember, we are talking about our thoughts. We, we're talking about fear, love, and other thoughts. One way is what we call self-regulation. So we, we, we are self-regulating. It's not suppress our emotions. But with self-regulation, self-regulating, the way meditation helps in that, doing that, but self-regulating, um, what happens? 
we calm down, we calm down our bodies, we calm down our stress response. And what self-regulation is regulate reactions to emotions. We focus and we focus whatever needs to be done. And um, control impulses, again, not talking about self-regulation. When we talk about self-regulation, we're not talking about, you're not supposed to think about this, you're not supposed to think about that, you're not supposed to, to, to eat ice cream ever again. We're talking about perhaps extremes like getting a 500 mils of ice cream and you alone eat it in one go. It's probably not good for your, your body. <laughs> it's not good for your body. So, so let me talk about self-regulation. Um, it's not suppression, but it's thinking. It's a no-by-self principle. It's thinking about our thoughts and our emotions and how we can help them help us. How we can, how our thoughts and emotions can help us regulate our immune system as well. Uh, I did mention trauma here, just once again, sometimes when we have extreme trauma, self-regulation, self-regulating becomes harder. So once again, talk to someone about it if that is the case. So, um, when we did that, that remember I asked you to, to think about something. Um, I hope you thought about something because I cannot see you here <laughs> right now. But you thought about something, thoughts, emotions, thoughts, feelings, or behaviors. I thought about something, I asked you to, to write it down. And this exercise, know thyself, um, it's interesting. Um, I did not, I asked my daughter to do a drawing, but it did not come up. But the idea here is to detach a little bit of your own thoughts. It's important to remember that we are not our thoughts and we can rewrite our life story. Even if you tell me, once again, I have gene in, I have genes of cancer in my family, I have this, I have that. I saw different numbers, but most recently I saw that 98 or more percent of diseases are created by thought alone. It's epigenetics once again that I mentioned before. Because even with the right environment, the right food, the right exercise routine or whatever, if we are afraid or, or whatever it is that we are thinking about, we can go one way or the other. We can downregulate a gene or upregulate a gene. Our thoughts are that powerful. If you think about the quantum field, or and the spiritist doctrine, um, the um, fluid cosmic universal, the cosmic universal fluid. Everything is energy, and you get in touch with it. You can go one way or the other. Our genes are also energy, so you can downregulate it and cause a disease, or you can upregulate it and have 
a healing experience. So with that exercise, um, I wanted, I'm, we're not going to go too, too, too deep into it, but just to have a little break is get that part again that you wrote down. And the idea now is that um, <laughs> I had my daughter's drawing, but we did not upload it, um, which, but I will, I will use myself. So here I am, and I have a thought. A thought. Let's say for me, I'm going to be honest. Um, people who have had sometimes, for example, lots of childhood trauma, and we accumulate lots of anger. So you become anger. So imagine here there is a label or a cloud, a cloud around me. It's a cloud around me involving my whole body. So think about the cloud involving your whole body with that thought. Positive or negative, mine, I'm using anger. Because that was something for me that I had to, to work a lot on. So once again, trauma creates it, you know, it's one of the responses. So imagine a cloud around you and Somewhere in this cloud, write down the emotion, the, the thought that you had, that one that you wrote before, either positive or negative. It doesn't matter, positive or negative. Okay? So it's there. Um, something I'm writing, I say that it's a label that we put. Right. It's inside the cloud with you. Okay. So now, if we detach that we are not our thoughts and we can sort of control our behaviors, can try to self-regulate. I'm not, once again, I'm not saying control to suppress your emotions, suppress feelings, not at all. It's just things that could dampen down the immune system. Okay, going back. So cloud, cloud with the feeling with the emotion you wrote inside okay first of all it involves your whole body and then let's get the cloud start moving to one side to your side perhaps involving your heart and you're still hanging on with that cloud and that feeling let's say let's say it's written here anger i hope you can see my arm it's let's say it's written anger in my my um, left arm my left arm and a cloud around it but look i'm not anger i'm not anger anger is still a part of me but i'm not anger and then get that cloud with the feeling with the thought with the emotion whatever it is the behavior written inside Put it on the side and have a look at it. That's your emotion. That's your thought. That's your behavior. It's there. You're not it. It may be part of you, but it's important to detach of our thoughts sometimes. And the idea of detaching here of our thoughts, be positive or negative, 
once again, is the immune system. If we are too attached to our thoughts, the fear, whatever thoughts we are having, it's difficult to self-regulate. It's difficult to, to perhaps have um, an influence in the immune system that is not so I think catastrophic is a big word, <laughs> so I'm not going to use catastrophic, but that's the first word that came to my mind. Um, a strong, let's say a strong effect in the immune system, a strong net negative effect in the immune system. Okay, so cloud, thoughts to the side, know thyself, self-regulate our thoughts. Um, it's not about suppressing it, it's just understanding that you're not your thoughts, we are not our thoughts, and uh, we have, we can have control over it if we work on it. Okay, so that's the screen. That screen is your brain, is your mind, and you can come back to it whenever you want. There it is. Thoughts, <laughs> the thoughts that turns out our brain, our mind. Yeah, okay. All right. And now we're going to go a little bit more. We are um, the past halfway uh, talk already, but we're going to go into um, talk about love and we talked, we talked about fear and love. And one good thing to, to the, the, the cinema screen exercise to try to help us know ourselves, see what we are thinking about and try to regulate it. And uh, I like this and we're going to use this because everybody, I, I suppose lots of people, especially in the spiritist community, because we talk about energy, seeing the, the, um, the energy chart, the energy Everything's vibration and, and um, certain energy, certain thoughts, emotions um, have a lower vibration, and other have more. And, uh, and this this one is I I found this one quite cool. This this KO quite cool because it also um, illustrates about what's going on in the body. So have a look at it your own time. I'm just gonna highlight here. Um, how shame, shame, apathy, how it's right there at the bottom, anger and fear. Let's find fear, 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 vibrational fear is quite low. So it's important for us to, to be aware of it. I'm not saying I don't feel afraid, everybody feels afraid. Especially whatever circumstances, we have different circumstances in life. But be mindful of it, be mindful of your thoughts, be mindful of situations and see uh, what's going on. And the other ones that I wanted to highlight here is love and appreciation and compassion. Uh, see how it's towards 
it's quite high up and it's important. Uh, those will be important because we are going to talk about it uh, at the end, just a little bit in a few seconds about the meditation. Um, we are going to use compassion, appreciation, um, compassion, appreciation, gratitude as well. Uh, I don't think gratitude is here, but oh yes, it is here. Yeah, of course, compassion, appreciation, gratitude. Yeah, it's quite high up. Okay. So yes, we talked about emotions. We 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 know about that. Um, important to raise the frequency of our thoughts. We know that the the water uh, is important. Uh, the experiment, the water experiment, Masato and Moto. Um, but I think we can we can go to the, to the next one because we we know about the, the energy scale the vibration. So I wanted to give you a few examples of healing because say okay yes you're talking you're talking you're talking but is it real? Can we really heal ourselves without medication? Can we really heal ourselves? Are there miracles? Yes, there are. Of course, there are. We we know that. Um, scientifically speaking, it's the epigenetics uh, side of things, as I mentioned many times now, um, upregulating, downregulating genes. So now, those interesting, I, I, I gave the, those five people here because they were people that use their thought to live life. Um, in a healthier, in a healthier way, in a healthier manner. So just quickly, here first is Dr. Joe Dispenza. I mentioned him already as a neuroscientist. From um, I mentioned him, the um, the book, the uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, and he has many other books. He's a great scientist, um, and um, he had a terrible accident. Uh, oh, sorry, he had a terrible accident a few years ago, a few years ago, decades even. Uh, very healthy, riding a bicycle, had an accident, was hit. I don't remember if it was a truck or or um, a car, and he he was paralyzed. He was in bed, and um, he was told that he would never walk again. And uh, he saw, I think it was four doctors who who told him to who told him about the surgery that if he wanted to have better life that he should go for that surgery and him as a professional um, at the time he was a chiropractor he said that he would suggest that to to his clients to his patients he would suggest you should do that surgery but for him he didn't want that and um, he started thinking that if there is an intelligence now we we are getting access to the quantum field, to to the um, to the cosmic. The, I'm sorry, I keep thinking Portuguese. For you, the cosmic cosmic universal, um, cosmic universal fluid. So he said, if there was an intelligence that gave me life, there was an intelligence that can also help me heal. And he was in bed. He says he was in bed. He had nowhere to go. So he started meditating and meditating and doing um, some mental exercises. And after six weeks, 
six weeks, he started getting better, but he didn't give up. It's the consistency in neuroscience. We know that it's the consistency, it's the repetition that changes behavior and thought. It's repetition, 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 consistency. So Dr. George Spencer, um, he, after six weeks, he started getting better. After 10 weeks, I think it was 10 weeks, he was up on his feet again. And now, before everything, he was traveling and um, giving talks and lectures and writing books everywhere. Um, next one, Norman Cousins. I'm going to go faster with Norman Cousins. Norman Cousins. He had uh, was American journalist. He had different conditions, and again, doctors gave him a very bad prognosis. You don't have, you know. The, it doesn't look good, and uh, he. One of the things that he did, he he's, he used humor. He used humor. He hired. Uh, he rented. Um, I think at the time, I don't even know, decades ago, probably the VCR <laughs> time. Um, but he he was watching comedy, so he would watch comedy over and over again. He would watch comedy, 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 and. That is also important. The same with the exercise movies. Our our thoughts, our emotions, they change as we watch a movie. You watch a terror movie uh, um, or comedy or romance, our bodies change. And Norman Cousins, he knew how to do that by watching uh, comedy. It helped him, and he had series of other diseases, and, and um, he had heart. I think he had a heart attack. He had a series of things, and every time a doctor said to him, "That that's it," he, he he. I think he lived. I think twenty years over what he was told. So there we go, controlling our thoughts and of course our behavior, our actions. Victor Frankl, of course, um, the author of Man's Search for Meaning, uh, Austrian neurologist and psychiatrist who, who was a Holocaust survivor. Meaning, also giving meaning to life. When we give meaning to life, love, that changes things as well. So here I'm coming a little bit, the love side of things and how we feel once again, can interfere in our immune system, in our longevity. Uh, this, in terms of, of age, if we go to, to the oldest yoga instructor, perhaps there's another one now, but this not, she, she passed away now in 2020. But look at this lady. This was taken, I think, when she was 100 years old doing that, that yoga posture. Um, when she was about eight years old, she saw some boys in India doing some yoga, and she was told, I think eight or seven years old, and she was told this was something for boys. She did not take it. She did not accept it, and she started doing yoga, and she did yoga all her life. She was an actress who had other, other things as well. She did other things as well. but. She had such a positive attitude. Look, um, 
YouTube, you can find some videos of her and she will talk about the way she, she thought and how, how she was a happy woman and how she controlled her, her thoughts and she lead quite a bit. A uh, hundred years old, she was, um, I think this is, this is wrong, it's not 1918. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, no, I think it's right, because when she was 101 years old, I think she, I, something that she was still teaching yoga. And the last one, 107 years old, Louise um, Bonito. Um, it's, uh, last time I heard she was uh, 107 years old, and this is her 122nd birthday, and here it looks like she's crying, the, the photo's not very well, but she was laughing, she was laughing because when she went to blow the candles, when she, she went to, to, to blow the candles, her teeth came out, her danger came out, so she couldn't stop laughing, and it's a woman that also kept sense of humor and, um, and love, love for her family, um, alive, and uh, and that affects our immune system. I'm going to show you very quickly a video. I'm not going to show you the second one. I'm going to show you two minutes of a, a very quick video about um, the power of the mind, the power of, of healing. Uh, it's it's about cancer. Uh, a lady. It's in China. Uh, let's see if he to explain. If he doesn't explain, I will, because uh, I want to start four minutes and five seconds, so we don't uh, pass time. I think that going over time quite a bit, so so we don't keep going too too much. Um, I hope you guys can see it. Can you see it? Can someone tell me? Can you Hi. See it? I don't know. Uh, no, we've just got a blank screen. Sorry, guys, I don't know. Can you see? I don't think. Let me see. Oh. It's still okay. While it's it it is um, it is loading. Um, it is a. Thank you, Baraj. I'm sorry. The girls are. Oh, it's all right. Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, so what happens is it's a med medicine less hospital that they had in Beijing, China. Uh, I don't know if. They still have it. And um, this was a few doing um, of practitioners, and they do a chant to heal uh, a cancer in the bladder. Uh, and um, um, so it was the power of thought, the power of intention, and okay, the power of thought, the power of intention. Let's see. And uh, this video is very interesting. If, if it doesn't come up here, uh, you can see the link and uh, and you can watch this video. There are other variations of the video, uh, which are long variations. And um, it is so awesome. It's very interesting because they get they get to 
to the to to the quantum fields, to the quantum healing, to, to, to the universal um, field. And then healing happens. And they have an intention, the chant that the, the, the practitioners use is that it's done, it's already done, it means it's healed. And you, you see on this video, I don't think it's gonna go through, but you see, basically you see on this video, a tumor, bladder tumor, um, I have goosebumps when I think about this. You see it's shrinking. You see the healing happening. Live stream of the healing. Guys, I think um, because of time, I think I'm going to stop. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think if you yeah, just. It's amazing. Basically, the video is amazing. I think it's amazing. Yeah. And it shows the power of thought, of power of thought. And um, let me go back to it and power of intention. No, you've lost it. I think the screen sharing is taking up too much of your uh, bandwidth, Christine. And you put yourself on mute, darling, as well, so we can't hear you. You're on mute. We can't hear. Yeah, sorry, Christine. Oh, oh that's We can now, but I think with the screen sharing, it's making your signal break up too much, darling. Okay. Yeah, okay. we've just got the, so the link up there. Okay, cool. So there we go. Um, you can watch this later. It's very interesting. Quantum and sound healing. Oh, the sound healing—it's another thing. And but please read what I mentioned here. Um, and now we go to meditation. It's the last part of the talk. And we know meditation, it has many, many benefits in, in uh, the immune system, but I'm gonna go straight into uh, a quote from Carl Jung, um, who looks outside dreams, who looks inside awakes. I like this meditation, this, this quote very much. Um, and um, just three of the things that meditation does, just just to, to, to sum up, because there are many others, it calms the mind and helps in the decision-making. Remember at the beginning that I mentioned that when we affect our prefrontal cortex uh, with fear, it, it makes it more difficult in the decision-making. Meditation helps us in the decision-making and helps us reduce the stress and anxiety that we are going through. 
uh, the meditation that I wanted to do with you, the one that I chose, is um, is the um, heart-brain coherence meditation. Um, because for, for, for two reasons. One is that in the planetary evolution that we are going through, the changes, um, it's been talked about that love, we are entering the fourth, the fourth dimension. It's it's the, the the chakra, the heart chakra, the green ray energy. It's the heart chakra. So it's important for, for us to work on love and on our um, our emotional well-being. And the heart is very, very powerful because the heart, it actually has neurons and sends messages to the brain. And our thoughts and emotions, they, they um, affect the, the magnetic field of our hearts. We have a huge magnetic field around our hearts. And it affects somebody else next to us. I'm not talking about necessarily about, um, about obsession that's not independent. We we have uh, we have our hearts will will affect each other, and we know that. And again, the importance of of there's a difference the the field that we have around fear. And love, the difference is massive. So we do the heart-brain coherence. Why? Why heart-brain coherence? Once again, heart has neurons, and the heart sends messages to the brain. And that connection, heart-brain connection, it it shifts the rhythms of the heart. The, 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 the heart-brain coherence meditation shifts the rhythms of the heart and creates a more resilient baseline. Um, so when you talk about, remember it talked about changing our thoughts or uh, breaking the habit of being ourselves. If that needs to be done and we concentrate on our thoughts, we, are, we know ourselves, we know our thoughts, we know our behaviors, we know our emotions. The heartbreak coherence helps us get in touch with ourselves, with knowing. Sorry, I think I got lost. <laughs> so, okay, so let's go back to where was I? Okay, talking about about uh, behavior change. If behavior is, is necessary, if behavior change is necessary, if you want to behave, be aware of our thoughts. Know thyself. We need to be aware of our thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and and then um, that with that we self-regulate. Self-regulating, not suppressing emotions. It's just understanding. Um, the things that are going on inside ourselves, so we can react better to different situations. Okay, and heartbreak coherence is very important because it's two different systems that are connected. We, it's directly connected because the whole, the 
uh, neurons of the heart send messages to the brain. So with the heart-brain coherence meditation, it's, it's really like, um, like a guitar. So we are tuning it. And by shifting the rhythms of the heart, that is, of course, very important because, you know, we are anxious, you are, <gasps> the heart beats faster. So slow down, heart slows down and health gets better as well. Almost. <gasps> it's almost. Okay. Um, guys, do we have time? Three minutes. That's three minutes for for the meditation. And yeah, yeah we can do three minutes. Yeah, okay. That'd be lovely. Okay, sure. So let me. I'm gonna play um, a song here, um, and um, what what's gonna happen? Just very quickly is. Um, is that for the heart-brain coherence meditation, there's the Heart Math Institute who does research on this, um, the heart-brain coherence. And uh, they found out brain scans and so on, found out uh, there are certain, the, remember the chart, the motion, the, the, the vibration chart that um, we can use, we can use appreciation, gratitude, um, compassion, love, for example, those those four: appreciation, gratitude, um, love, compassion. Um, and what first slows down? We we will slow down with our breath, and then we are going to think about those those emotions. And you see that it's it's a very simple and effective thing to do. So I'm going to play just some music. It's um, to music that there's something called metaverse. You can find interesting music there. That really healing music because of of the vibe, the the hurts, the different hurts of music. And the one that I'm going to be playing is 111 hertz, and it, they they titled it um, cellular healing, um, the holy the holy frequency. So promote cellular healing. It's the holy frequency. So. Okay, so if um take a few deep breaths. You're safe, you're here, you're present. 
with the heart rate going down. Our attention on our heart. We're going to invoke the feeling of those four words, those four emotions. What makes you feel compassionate? Compassion. Gratitude. Appreciation. You do too much in this. Compassion. Gratitude. Appreciation. Empathy. Compassion. Gratitude. Love. Appreciation. about how we based on um, our thoughts, how it interferes with our immune system positively or negatively, a uh, little bit of the science behind it, and an exercise to, to be aware of our thoughts, be mindful of our thoughts, the, the, the screen exercise, and um, a good thing that I really think it's worth it having a look, have a look at it. There's some very good um, heartbreak coherence meditations you can find on YouTube. So have a look at it. Also. And with that, um, we conclude. And I say thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. It is lovely. Um, I'm concerned about time, so I, I will ask yeah. one question. We have a lot of comments here on Facebook, but because of time, I will read one question, and then okay. I think we need to close the event. Um, so yeah. a, question come, a question comes from Bob Williams, and he say, does religions believe in an all-powerful and loving God act as a healing placebo for people, neurologically speaking? 
if people who um sorry can you repeat that but yes that's a very interesting question <laughs> can you repeat that please does yeah. religions believe in mm -hmm. a powerful and loving god act as a healing placebo for people neurologically speaking yes i think it is possible yes i i think it's possible it's a very interesting question because um the the thing is our beliefs since our beliefs um are powerful in a way that as i said up regulating or down regulating genes if you have you if you believe that that but there's a difference actually thinking about it if you believe that god can heal you you're taking the power away from you when we have faith and we believe in god we also have authority of our own thoughts feelings and emotions and that is what makes a, make a bigger difference the blind belief in itself um, i don't think it's necessarily the answer because if you have a blind belief but um, if you have a if you have a if you have that belief but you're not um, down regulating genes with fear and other stress responses yes okay it can work as a placebo but if you still have that belief and you down regulate your genes with fear and other stress responses it will not work does that make sense <laughs> That's probably um, so. <laughs> I will do. Um, Lawrence, is there anything from you before you can do the closing prayer? No, absolutely fine. Loved it. Thank you very, very much, Christine. There's a lot in there uh, that I could take on board. A lot. Of that. I'm, I'm quite surprised. I was well with you, so I must be picking things up very well. <laughs> When you were saying, you? Going, yeah, I know that. <laughs> but yeah, very Thank interesting. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Okay. Closing prayer for Bruce. Yeah, it's over to you, Lawrence. Yeah. So once more, dear friends, just still your mind, still your body. Just focus on your breathing. And as you do, give thanks. Give thanks for all that we have within our lives. For each night that we sleep in shelter, in a bed. For each meal on our table. For each time that we interact this way, this new virtual world that is opening up to us. To bring in new thoughts, understandings confirmations and expansions of our already established knowledge and help us to take from these lectures that which resonates with us, that which helps us grow, that which helps us find peace and that which helps us to be a part of this human race, to be that shining light, to send out love, warmth and compassion to all those that we meet. Amen. Amen.
So Chris, once again, thank you very much for being here with us. And for those that has been watching us, thank you very much for being with us and apologies for the technical issues we have at the beginning. So we were a little bit late. But thank you very much for being here with us. Thank you very much, everyone. And thank you for the opportunity, Fabricio and Lawrence. And yes, I'm glad it worked out again, even with the technical issues. And I'm sorry about the technical issues as well. And thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Don't worry, Chris. <laughs> technical issues. We did a whole service on Wednesday with no sound. So <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Take care, my darling. God bless. Take bye -bye. care. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye bye. Bye now. Thank you.